are the green promises made by companies worth the hopefully recycled paper they are written on? Or are we simply being fed misleading marketing messages to convince us that a product, service or project is environmentally friendly when in fact it is not? At a time when the European Union is calling for a green transition of the economy, how alert do we need to be to the problem of greenwashing? Today's Euronet Plus Green Deal podcast takes a look behind the green labeling and green promises. How can consumers even judge what's green and what's greenwashed? Green clothes, green coffee, green chocolate, green delivery. We are surrounded by green marketing pledges, but some companies have become experts in using sustainability claims to cover up a dubious environmental record. In January, the European Commission published the results of an exercise to screen websites for greenwashing. They analyzed green claims made online from across a range of sectors, including the clothing, cosmetics and household equipment industries. In the view of national consumer protection authorities, some 42% of claims were exaggerated, false or deceptive, and could potentially qualify as unfair commercial practices under EU rules. In Poland, my colleagues from Polski Radio spoke to Aleksandra Ploska, a legal advisor in the field of consumer rights protection specializing in greenwashing. As Alexandra points out, the problem of greenwashing is not limited to a handful of countries. I don't think it is a question of comparing Ireland to Poland or that one given market is more exposed to greenwashing. This is a general trend that is evident in the European Union and the problems are the same in different countries. In the cases examined by the European Commission, about 40% of claims referring to a positive impact on the environment were not proven by entrepreneurs. So this is a problem that is visible in various countries and common to entrepreneurs who want to make green claims about their products. Not only is greenwashing misleading, but it also prevents due credit being given to those companies that are making the effort to green their products and activities. Indeed, dishonest marketing on the part of certain companies risks damaging the credibility of the whole concept of the green transition and ultimately leads to a less green economy. In Alexandra's view, it is critical to encourage companies to back up their environmental assertions or the impressions they create through advertising. Certainly, the fact that companies communicate more about their products and have more information available on environmental impact is due to the fact that there is greater consumer interest in and awareness of the climate, and so a greater temptation on the part of business to respond to this need. This is no bad thing, but it must be accompanied by business responsibility and legal awareness. It mainly boils down to acting in such a way as to not be accused of unfair commercial practices or using commercial communication methods that mislead consumers and affect their purchasing decisions. It certainly involves avoiding generic terms like bio or eco and also striving to prove that a product is ecological in some aspect with appropriate evidence 
This could be expert opinions or tests that openly communicate a product's properties. When it comes to a strong argument, business awareness in this area is certainly a strong argument to certify products that confirm the ecological nature of the goods. It is also a case of introducing standards that encourage environmentally friendly product management. But this does not change the fact that the production process is complex and improving ecological production parameters is difficult. So the issue may prove challenging for entrepreneurs. It is certainly not simple. The European Commission is committed to tackling this problem, mainly by requiring companies to substantiate their environmental claims in a way that is reliable, comparable and verifiable across the EU and by drafting new legislation that will help to empower consumers for the green transition. Member states also have an important role to play and yet many of their COVID recovery fund plans have been accused by environmentalists of failing to meet the bloc's green targets. While nuclear power plants are being phased out in most European countries, Bulgaria, for example, counts nuclear power as a green technology. However, although nuclear reactors do not emit carbon dioxide, the extraction of uranium is extremely energy intensive and therefore damaging to the climate. Most importantly, a typical reactor generates at least 20 tons of nuclear waste per year, which to this day cannot be safely disposed of and remains radioactive for a quarter of a million years. In Bulgaria too, the Green Ring project in Sofia, which we discussed in a previous podcast, has also been described as greenwash and a deception for the Skredets, the city's residents. Svilin Ofarov from the Green Movement. The Green Corridor is not green at all. It is instead an absolute greenwash in which something is marketed as green when it's just a dirty lie. The so-called green ring is a ploy to deceive the citizens of Sofia, calling something a green ring, while at the same time reducing the greenery. That's what I call deception of the worst kind. But personally, my favorite recent greenwashing scandals come from Germany. They are the VW emission scandal and the one involving the large energy provider RWE, which made lots of green promises while simultaneously proceeding to cut down the Hambach forest. My colleague spoke to Oliver Schrage, who runs the German website nachhaltigedeals.de, which translates as ecological deals. He provided some hints and tips on how to identify greenwashing. Grundsätzlich hilft immer genau hinschauen und hinterfragen. Und natürlich, sobald ein Unternehmen eine Werbekampagne startet, die Nachhaltigkeit oder Umweltbewusstsein, Klima noch. We clearly have to take a closer look each time a company claims to be acting ecologically or sustainably and makes climate neutrality part of its commercials or campaigns. An alarm bell should ring in your head and you should take a closer look. The same goes for when a company rebrands or changes its logo, like when the flower appears as part of the BP brand or when McDonald's made its logo green to appear ecologically friendly. If things like that happen, it's time to take a closer look. Greenpeace has produced a framework for identifying the greenwashing of a product or company. 
This includes, for instance, when the product or service is dirty by nature, like coal, mineral oil or cruises. I can print the word green on it as much as I like, but it will never become green. Secondly, when companies push more money into marketing than environmental protection. The best example is Kronbacher's rainforest campaign. They had a 9 million euro marketing budget versus a 6,000 euro donation to the rainforest. And the third point is when companies include meeting their legal obligation in their ads. This has nothing to do with environmental effort or engagement. It is simply a case of sticking to the law. If the green projects laid out in the recovery and resilience plans fall short of expectations, the EU's goal to cut greenhouse gas emissions by at least 55% by 2030 could be seriously jeopardized. We are all subject to greenwashing on a daily basis, so we need to shop with our eyes wide open, paying attention to the promises a company makes and how well these align with the goods and services it offers. Join us next time for a look at an alternative way of living by scaling back to tiny houses.